repping it. <laughs> Three. Three. Two. Ones. Let's I was, get it. Yeah, man. You start. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages? Mm-hmm. KRP Broadcasting proudly presents your tag team champions of the world, the Dark King, J.R. Kambakungan, also not J.R. Comics 42 on Instagram, mm-hmm. the voice of reason, Kevin Pillow. We are the New Age Outlaws. I don't know how that was going to go. I was just trying something. We're just riffing here. What's <laughs> up, guys? Welcome to PS Comics. I love you. The fighting episode um, where we're yeah. looks like I'm looking at the notes. JR is fighting from head to toe. We've got video game fights. We've got fight fights and we've got Shang-Chi fights. And uh, we might have some rap battle fights coming. I don't know. We might talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> we hinted at it. But yeah, yeah man. Before that, up? actually. Uh, before that, actually, I also got some news too for another fight. It's actually with a distributor, the new distributor for comic books. I forgot to put it in the notes, but that will be added into. But uh, I don't want to steal my my compatriot's thunder. Go ahead, my friend. Well, what's going on, dude? We got, dude. We are, we are getting in it. This is, this is, this is in the thick. <laughs> We've got so much stuff going on right now. It is mm-hmm. ridiculous. We've got, we've got Tokyo Game Show coming up here. We had more gaming last week. We've got What If Season 1 se- uh, season finale as we record this tomorrow. Black Widow finally coming free to Disney Plus tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We are less than a month away. Or probably, I'll tell you that. We're just a little over a month away from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Coming mm-hmm. to Disney Plus for free, plus Blu-ray in about two months, uh, and and digital in about a month. We've got Hawkeye in two months. We've got yep. Boba Fett in th- in two and a half three months. Yeah, my God, man, we've got some stuff to talk. About. And then we've got Eternals. We've got Venom. We've got 007. We've got Tony Soprano. Not Tony. Now yeah, we got Tony Soprano. We got all kinds of stuff. Anyways, uh, what's up, guys? Thank you again. As always, gonna get yep. right into this before i say anything because i don't think it's in the i don't think it's in the uh the news notes, and notes. no 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 i'm I actually want, I, oh good good i was gonna say i want to throw this in here i did watch the many saints of newark as a diehard i have beat the drum of the sopranos and david chase for damn near 20 years and i don't think i can do it anymore the Many Saints of Newark wow. was not good. Was not good. Had some good points, but overall, I think he tried to cram too much um, into, uh, into two hours. Um, mm. I think we can get into The Many Saints of Newark at a later time. Hey, if you've got HBO Max, let your opinion fly. Uh, don't, don't just take my word for it. If you're a Sopranos fan, get after it. If you're not a Sopranos fan... It, you can still watch it as a standalone movie, but it's kind of like to me. I watched Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back first. It was yeah. funny. Then my buddy showed me Clerks, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Mall Rats, all that stuff, and it was even funnier yeah. after seeing the Jersey trilogy. This is the same thing. If you watch The Sopranos, you're going to get more. You can watch this movie, and for the most part, kind of enjoy it as a standalone mob movie, but. Well, again, we'll, yep. we'll do Many Saints of uh, Newark at a later time because 
uh, it's still fresh. But Shang-Chi, it's been out for a while. We'll get to that here on the bottom half of this show. JR, though, he is all things gaming, all things Sam. Japanese, all things just craziness. And I'm yep. looking at this news uh, <laughs> news thing here, and we've got some stuff to get into, my friend. Yeah, man. It's Why don't just we get a, right in? Or do you want? Do you have anything else, or we want to just get into uh, it? Actually, though, before yeah, we'll just get into the TGS stuff because uh, I know that Tokyo Game Show. Just the Tokyo Game Show, of course. Peep, um, my peeps is the is one of the more pivotal, or I guess in the last decade or so, maybe a little bit more than that, where it, it comes to prominence because hey, it's kind of like E3. It's the Japanese yeah. version of E3, basically, and so. <clears throat> DGS live stream happened this week and it continued this ongoing trend of streaming their event online because of course Japan is still going on restrictions for for the uh for the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, but it still hasn't stopped the desire and ever-growing desire to make and play new games. Uh, some of the standouts for me personally, and I don't think uh, Kevin has actually had a chance to go see the, any of the TGS stuff. He this man has been busy all week. This man is, is non-stop, a, man. Is, is a full-time dad as well as a full-time employee. And so yeah, so uh, I had a little bit of my free time. I saw some stuff that I want that I enjoyed. Uh, granted, Tokyo Game Show is one of those events where it's like the culture is different, absolutely. And so, what Tokyo, what Japan likes, is gonna be much different from what we like, you know. As like, and this goes across to two towards gaming. But some stuff that I did love from that show is a uh, one wanted, uh, dead. Uh, Wanted Semicolon Dead is an official trailer. It's from the makers of Ninja Gaiden, makers of uh, Dead or Alive, that fighting combat trilogy. It's te- I think it's Konami. It's not Tecmo. I think it's Tecmo. Konami Tecmo. <clears throat> and so that looks really good. Uh, the one of the I'm pretty sure my friend here can attest. One of the biggest I guess negatives from a lot of Japanese made games is that they look very outdated in in sense of graphics. What it's looking like now? Yeah. Right. And we saw that too, real quick. What was that game that we saw from the Nintendo uh, (laughs) launch? What was that one? That was um, Uh, it's the female like uh, lead. Bayonetta. Bayonetta. Was it Bayonetta? Bayonetta. Yeah. They all kind of have, and I. It's tough for me to say this, but they all kind of have the same look and feel to them. Like yeah. Even to the graphics, like the Bayonetta graphics, like the 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 the, the logo yeah. looks like Tekken. It just it's it's all the same. So yeah. Um, and like you Jr. said, the the graphics seem like 1998. Those were phenomenal. In 2006, 2007, 2008, still pretty good. 2021, you need to step your game up. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where like uh, there was this weird trend across all of a. <clears throat> all of like J- Japanese gaming that they like, have a tendency to look kind of samey, <clears throat> and so uh, you'll get games that were like they have a lot of these three D three D outdoors type of stuff. They look very kind of like Hollow, and you know this is a guy who played Near Replicant type of stuff, right? Those games are yeah. great. Don't get me wrong, but like you know it, they could definitely definitely use an enhanced graphics type of thing. But from what I'm looking at, from a lot of the games that came out on TGS, they look like to have that type of upwards and graph or like at least that type of like upgrading te- and technical or graphical fidelity yeah. games like unwanted dead um i saw that one gungrave gore if for for those who've played ps2 gungrave i remember that freaking game they have a they have a remake coming out that game looks great a rise of awakener is like hmm, it feels very dead souls no not dead souls uh very uh dark souls but yeah. it's not it's it is it, it, graphically looks great 
uh, it's in pre-alpha, I think, or like, like alpha development. Uh, but it also reminds me of another game called Dragon's Dogma. That's been getting thrown out a lot. That game looks freaking awesome. King of Fighters, I think it was at 15. 10V, yeah, 15, right? Yeah. XV. 10, uh, King of Fighters 15. That's an old school fighting game that's been, that's in the same, that's in the same realm of like Street Fighter, um, Tekken. That looks great. Forspoken, we talked about before. That's a, that's that PS5 exclusive game. Where it's made from, uh, it's made from uh, Square Enix. That looks great. A lot of those games too that has been has been shown out that we've already seen. Metroid Dread. Um, we've seen, <laughs> we've seen that Chaos game from Final Fantasy. Chaos Reigns. That one. That one was also out there. They they kind of like lower down the chaos type of stuff. So they got they got the message. Uh, but overall, man, it looks pretty good. I, there's gonna be games that like, you know, uh, are, are Japanese oriented games. A little bit weirder, a little bit quirkier, but hey. I'm just glad that we're having. I'm just glad we're having Japanese games out because it, it for for the longest time for me it felt like a very niche kind of dying type of uh, um, I guess part of the industry or like not a lot of people gravitated towards it right like unless you're like a big Final Fantasy game or a big Mega Solid game uh, all these other games that usually that you know were out on the PS2 or PS3 era weren't really there during the ps4 maybe they were there it's just that not enough attention were brought out yeah. to them and i felt like they're kind of being a downward trend but from the looks of it man it looks like they're gonna have a, a good resurgence and i'm i'm super excited for it that's what came out i do i do uh, recommend for people who want to know more about the games that came out during tgs to look at you know ign GameSpot, you know your basic uh, your not basic but like your your normal sites you 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 peruse for video games man but that is some of the stuff that i saw that i'm super excited for one other piece of news that I'm that I that, uh, that I'm happy about is that even though it's the worst kept secret uh, in the gaming industry for quite a while now, I'm, we've uh, actually hinted on this in, in prior podcasts that Sony finally, uh, Sony PlayStation Studios finally acquired Blue Point Games. <clears throat> it, it was funny because um, they acquired another studio prior. They acquired, I think, uh, Insomniac or another studio, and then they and then they accidentally leaked this studio. Oops. <laughs> Yeah, like oh wait, no, we weren't supposed to do that, and then they took that off. And so, like, yeah, for it was a foregone conclusion that Blue Point Games was gonna be, you know, a PlayStation studio. So that's cool. Blue Point Games, of course, uh, were have made, have remade, and remastered a bunch of Sony classic games like Demon Souls that came out for PS5. That was one of the uh, that was one of the launch titles for PS5. Shadow Colossus, Uncharted, Nathan Drake Collection, Gravity Rush remastered. They're gonna be coming out with their own, you know, original PS5 game, and so that's gonna be cool. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, PlayStation, so uh, early Sony Studios have been on the move from really just getting up a lot of uh, a lot of um, studios that they've been working with for years, man. I don't know if it's a uh, I don't know if it's a um, basically a um, what's the word I'm looking for a kind of recalibration or possibly a response to all these other studios that are that are bought up by Microsoft. What do you think, man? Uh, this is where. I'm the old I'm the old man in the group. I cannot keep yeah. up with JR in, in gaming. Give me freaking Madden. Give me freaking Call of Duty. <laughs> give me That's Mario good. Kart. Um I, I mm. it's I'm usually up on the business side and, and, and yep. when JR gives me these notes, I'm, I'm always kind of trying to follow uh, with you know these the gaming companies and stuff like that. Yeah. And to me, it's what's really tough about gaming is until I literally like see it um i'm like oh that's what that is kind of mm -hmm. deal so mm -hmm. um 
and for the for the viewing audience, for those who are watching the YouTube version of the show, which at this point is probably 2022 by the time I get this episode posted at my speed, um, there's yep. times where I'm a little. Uh, uh, I, I apologize if I feel checked out. I'm just like in awe with the with the what this guy over here to my left, right, above me, wherever he ends up when I done editing this video, at what he does with with the gaming side. With that said, I have no idea. Um, I I like this is really and truly like we have yet to do like a legit reaction video. Yeah, we did this a, a few weeks ago. I think it was right after oh, we were after E three. Jr. had me. We were we were we were recording a show, and and Jr. had me watch a trailer on a, on a game, and I was like, oh, this game looks really really cool. Like I never yeah. I didn't know anything about it. I'm like okay. And then he had me show me this other trailer. I'm like, oh god, this is so bad. And it was great. Like the reaction of the bad yes. trailer was better because yeah. it's exactly what he wanted <laughs> to see. He's like, you were getting an honest opinion of mine. Yeah. Um, I- I'm gonna have to sit down and watch some of these trailers and maybe give a yeah. more honest reaction. The 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 Japanese style to go back. To, I know that's kind of all over the place in here, mm. but to go back to talk about the Japanese style. I don't have anything against it. Mm. Um, it's not for me. That's why, like, the, when I when I brought up Bayonetta, I was like, yeah. something doesn't belong here. It doesn't scream Nintendo. Yeah, Microsoft, maybe, definitely a PlayStation game. Um, yeah, but um, you know, I, I'm so so out of the loop on, on gaming. I'm looking at this list and going, looking for something. That I recognize, yeah. and I think the only thing I recognize is the word or is the acronym RPG. Um, but <laughs> hey, with this, I, I, bro, I, I don't know enough to, to give an opinion. Hmm. Um, I do love that the gaming industry is still healthy. Hmm. Um, it has some Absolutely. issues. We've talked about it before. We've talked yeah. about uh, loot crates and 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 and. Uh, um, digital downloads and, and what, what is it called um uh yeah it's like pay yeah, to play it's, it's kind yeah. of bullshit that's yeah, really where, where i kind of get i get into the gaming like um uh, is, the, is that kind of side and you know but you, yeah. see, you, you can go by the way and i'll put it at the i'll put the playlist at the end of this video um so if you're listening um on spotify um apple podcast whatever Go over to the YouTube channel at the end. I'll put a link to our video game um, mm. playlist where we talked about all the gaming stuff that we've talked about. We've had some great conversations about gaming. Yeah, products. man. Um, I, I will say too, actually, too, since you bring it up, since uh, on a topic you probably do know, uh, the Apple Epic um, debacle. <laughs> oh my gosh! There actually, I, I will say uh, there has been some good and some horrendously bad things being put out there. From us looking like uh, Epic is gonna lose a lawsuit, yeah. But Apple, but it is gonna, it is uh, because they put out that lawsuit as made certain precedents for Apple to say, "All right, cool, we should do this, this, this." Then, right? Yeah, to have they've totally happy, changed their, their which rents. is great. Yeah. Which is which is really great. It's, it, it, it shows also. I forgot to put this in the notes that Apple is actually one of the highest earners for games. In the last yeah. quarter or so, and so it's, mo- it's mainly because, yeah, sure, we're gonna we can say that. Oh, you know, it's because of the induction of like everyone has an Apple. Apple is one of the most Apple is one of the most highly touted phones in the world, and so, you know, it's easy to get it's easy to get you know free to play video games on your cell phone. 
So yeah. great. But just having that standard, like, all right, cool. Uh, just to at least for me, at least it's good to know that in order to keep the bigger companies honest, something like this has to go out there. And, and once it gets kind of settled, everything appeases, everything's on, everything's on the cope aesthetic. And don't get me wrong, Epic has had done some trash stuff before in the past. Oh, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. Like this, it, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not touting Epic as some like you know holier than thou company at all. No, no, I'm just glad that this is doesn't screw over the people that work and develop to make these video games in general. So cool. But other than that. Uh, I will definitely love to bring topics like that back into again, so I can have, of course, my compatriot here really give us two cents about uh, about you know business and in a business and about like just looking the assets. Like, I will, what does this look on on a wider scale type of things? Because I, I do feel that is where my compatriot here has some has a lot of a lot of really. I know how to do that. Knowledge, <laughs> as I was saying, that's what I'm saying. So other than that, man, uh, just getting into it, I put, kind of put on a, a a newer thing here for us to do is actually I. A, a things that have been released and, and are on to-do list that we have not done because we've been so damn busy. Yes, I just, absolutely. Okay, I'm looking at this yeah. list now. I put um, some stuff for me. But things so that have to that have been released and are on the to-do list. Um, yeah. Star Wars Visions, absolutely. I see, JR, your Star Wars Visions is the top of the list. And absolutely. I'm not an anime fan yeah. by no stretch of the imagination. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, because I think that though I'm not a fan of the style of cartoons, and I know mm-hmm. it's called anime for a reason. <laughs> Stop for a second. It's a cartoon, and I'm I'm one of those guys that go like, you know, I'm one of those guys that go. It's a graphic novel. It's a different between a comic book. For the sake of argument, it's a cartoon, hmm. and I like the way they draw anime yeah that part of cartoons mm-hmm. but i can't get into anime i don't know why it's i'm like clang 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 goes the trolley um but what i have seen of visions is oh my gosh this the artistic work it reminds me there's a couple episodes i don't know who the artist is and and yeah. don't spoil it for me because i, okay. I want to watch it and kind of go like i want to discover it for myself but there's a couple of episodes that are drawn as if David Mack <clears throat> drew. Yep. And those of you who don't know who David Mack is, shame on you if you've watched this show um, and listened to the show for the last two years. David Mack is an incredible artist. He actually he is. is one of the, not, not a creator, but he is one of the revolutionary artists yes. behind Jessica Jones and the yes. Alias series. Yes, um, Almost as important if not better than Brian Michael Bendis, because, you know, Bendis is an idiot. Um, if anybody could tell, we're not Bendis fans right here. But yeah. Michael Gatos and Brian Michael Bendis are, are great with Alias and great with Jessica Jones. And you can't have a Jessica Jones book without a David Mack cover. Um, mm. he, David Mack has done so many different covers for Miss Marvel. He's done stuff for Batman. He's done stuff for a lot of, a lot of independence. Um, yes, but yes. Very, very good. And Echo. <clears throat> Echo's debut in the Marvel Universe is from a Daredevil book, mm-hmm. and the cover is done by David Mack. Going back to the result, Star Wars Visions, there are some episodes that have that watercolor look to it that's very similar to David Mack's style, so that has me intrigued. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, on my to-do list that I don't yes. see here, 
I've never seen The Witcher. I know that's uh, a shame on me. Uh, I'm a huge Henry Cavill fan. Yeah. Man. Um, but on my list, watching the show Yellowstone. Um, hmm. I've never seen it. My parents watch it. Um, some friends at work watch it. Um, and uh, I'm very intrigued to watch it. I know that it ha- it's very akin to uh, the Soprano style of drama and character development. Um, and speaking of character development, you know what I've never watched kind of, I've seen episode here, episode there, but yeah. I've never watched just okay, like, Drew. okay, start from beginning to end the walking dead. I've mm. never seen the walking dead. Um, okay. <clears throat> also on my to-do list, that has been released for a long time, probably over a year. I've not completed Spider-Man Miles Morales. I still oh. need to complete that game. Um, I know, uh, but I'm, <laughs> I burned through Spider-Man so quickly um, yeah. that I actually got to the end and went, I did complete, complete the game for months because I jumped over into Red Dead Redemption. That's mm. all, that's all consuming. Yeah. Um, finally finished it, did the, uh, the add-ons, beat those. Cool. Love the storyline. The writer for that that game should win an Emmy or something. That's why I buy it. By the way, if you haven't bought that, they have a comic book version of that storyline from the Spider-Man uh, PlayStation yep. game. Phenomenal, right? But no, yeah. I, I would say those like just going on kind of what Jerry was talking about the on the to-do list. Um, I want to watch, uh, um, I want to watch visions, Yellowstone and finish miles Morales, Spider-Man and maybe find walking dead in there somewhere. But, yeah, same here. Uh, Star Wars Visions is definitely on my to-do list. The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf, which actually released in September, uh, or early se- or early early September. No, 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 that's no, no. The, an- that's the that's the cartoon though, right? That's cartoon. That's right. No, it released early. Uh, no, it released late September. I, I apologize. I'm getting my days mixed up. Um, and of course, uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits. I I've bought the game. I've yet to play the game. It's an amazing looking game. Uh, I'm, it's definitely my to-do list. <clears throat> I will say too, they finally put out a, a small snippet release of of season two of The Witcher with with uh with Freya Allen finally with Geralt and they're actually within they're actually within um the uh, castle I forgot the name of it right now it's tipped my tongue but the the ca- uh castle Dermoran I think where all the witchers of all uh, which were uh, the witchers of the class of the wolf I think it was called. Yeah, Geralt's, uh, Geralt's, I guess, his group of, or his school, the wolf, that's where they all kind of train. That's all they, where they all kind of live after they're done, you know, hunting, uh, hunting you know, uh, various monsters throughout the land. They, they bring, they, he wakes her up during a deep sleep and says, hey, you run because inside the castle is a Bruxa. A Bruxa in, in Witcher lore is actually a vampire. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this, man. Cannot wait for it. Henry Cavill looks so good. He he's always been the type of cat where like if he's in a type of nerdy role, he gives it 110%. And yeah, I love absolutely. It. He's absolutely a huge love it. nerd from top absolutely. to bottom. But that uh probably a bunch of stuff also I forgot to add in, uh, which I probably have somewhere in my around my desk. I got I gotta read a bunch of comics again. Oh, I'm so behind on comics. So behind. I'm at least yeah. a year behind on comics. Yeah, same. So I'm like, I gotta write, I gotta read up on a bunch of stuff. Like I, I buy Absolute Carnage again, but then like I, I forgot to read it, so I gotta, I gotta reread that stuff. But other than that, man, just a bunch of new games I gotta play, uh, a bunch of like movies I gotta watch. Uh, Star Wars Vision is definitely on top of my hit list right now. 
uh so yeah it's just been a type of thing where like the backlog just kills you the backlog is there and ever growing and i need to get to it so here's hoping with that but other than that my friend that was actually pretty quick news uh yeah news and notes man and i'm trying to think if i had anything else to add oh here you go i totally forgot the big one uh one of the big uh what the f's of the day actually is actually from since i bring up comic books Today is, or this week is actually the first week that Marvel has switched distributors from comics, uh, from Diamond. Yeah, they're no longer, no, no, the, the two big, the big two are no longer with Diamond distributors. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm, they're actually with Penguin Random House. Penguin Random House, of course, is a one of the big distributors in books, in just regular books that uh, that they ship to, like, you know, your borders or your other bookstores throughout the, throughout the world and throughout here in America. Now, one of the biggest things that usually happen when uh, when changing distributors and your distributor only ships books and doesn't know and does give a fuck all of comics, they ship them like shit. And for what I'm seeing online, and of course for our our own uh, our own comic book shops here in in the valley, specifically the one on his shirt, Comic Asylum, our our dear friend Chicks has pointed out that yeah, uh, it, it, they ship them like shit. And there's actually she actually had took a, she actually put a picture out there where there's a size comparison of like what's uh, what the big box from Lunar and how they shape it, uh, how they ship their comics very securely to that small ass box, a very small, no, uh, no uh, cushioning whatsoever of comics that they ship out in. <clears throat> and like, yeah, from uh, from the responses I've seen throughout the web, through other comic book shops, through uh, through other distributors. They're saying they have had this exact same thing. They're missing a bunch of comics. Uh, there's no, there's no um, type of like um, code for them to see. I'm forgetting my words right now. There's no type of like a, there's no tracking number for them to see where where their missing comics are. Uh, oh, a lot geez. of their books are dinged the hell up because there's no cushing inside. I have a little bit of uh, insight in this because I used to work out, I used to work at a at a bookstore, and the way Random House kind of ships their comics or magazines are very similar they basically just put their uh, they put they put all the magazines basically kind of tie them up in like one of those zip ties yeah put them into a put them into a box and there you go it doesn't matter if there are uh, it doesn't matter if like if there's cushing in it and they put their name like hey this this thing was uh was shipped from this person and they put it in the they put in the box and there you go sometimes you get all these magazines all dinged up but it's a magazine. No one cares about the magazine. But when it comes to comic books, for those who are avid collectors like you and I, for those who have have a stake, quote unquote, in this in this oh, game, yeah. it's it is a horrible look. It kind of I'll go ahead if you haven't thought about it. Well, you know, in DC and, and Lunar was a, was a travesty and, it, and it's yeah. taken over a year for them to get a Makes little it. bit better. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's tough because you're making a gigantic change overnight. Yeah. And um, I am, um, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh my goodness. Uh, I'm brain farting right now. Um, the uh, giving them the benefit of the doubt, but you yeah. can't do stuff like that. The one thing that Lunar didn't, um, didn't do horribly was shipping uh intact um they were late constantly some Mm -hmm. cases a week or so late Mm -hmm. but they were never damaged 
or very rarely. Yeah. Um, because Lunar was a comic distributor. They just did not distribute any of the big, the big, the big ones. They didn't do DC. They didn't do Marvel. They didn't do um, image or anything. So um, when you're right out of the gate, uh, shipping things that are completely paper. Yeah. uh, Like they are hardback you're going to run into issues. And so they, they, they've got to nip that in the butt. Um, yeah. But I'm willing to give them the doubt. Cause like I said, they're going They're The only way you can get better is by making mistakes. Yeah. Unfortunately is comic books is a commodity and yeah. you can't, it's not like, Oh, I made a boo-boo, um, you know, on, on that, that uh, shipping that, that pallet of towels. Yeah. Um you know, ship them back and we'll reship them. No, comic books is, <clears throat> if anything, by having these damaged books, you've now created scarcity, which actually could drive the price up, which yeah. is good, I guess, kind of good for collectors. But yeah, um, I, that's yeah, rough. Yeah, it's, that's rough it's, to get out of the gate and, and you're dropping the ball shipping wise. Yeah, especially because like we all know the first of the month to the first Wednesday of the month are the new releases, like the very full on new new releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, get your, you get your number ones, you get like the high quantity of comics that are coming out. I don't know what's actually coming out this week, but like you're also looking at, you know, do they also ship the high variants this way too? Yeah. You're Eesh. talking about it. And like you're not talking about like, you know, people who buy them. You're talking about people who already bought them in the sense of like, you know, the comic book shops, they paid a certain amount of money in order for them to to get their comic books in in at least relatively great condition, right? You pay a certain yeah. you you pay a, a certain upkeep because one, you, they don't know I, I don't know if they have uh, if the comic book shops have any type of distinct um, discounts anymore like they have with Diamond, right? Yeah. Before with Diamond, you get like anywhere between 40% to 50% off, maybe in 65% if you've been with them long enough. What's it like now with the uh, going on to Penguin with Penguin Random House? Do they have those same advantages? Do they have those same discounts? Do they, or are they paying full price for fucked up comics? So like, that's that's granted. Yeah, I'll give them benefit of doubt. It's the first go around, but like they gotta change it real freaking quick because guess what? Next week's come and next week shouldn't be the same thing. There should be at least some level of backlash to have to have someone at Marvel say, "Oh crap, we at least we gotta go to our shippers and say we can't pack them like this. Yeah. Why can't we pack them like this? Well, one, we paid you way too damn money, way too damn much, you know, to, to to exclusively ship with you guys, so you should do it this certain way." And one, I'm not giving Penny, I'm not giving Penguin Random House a lot of slack because one, they're one of the biggest distributing companies in the country. Yeah, they they ship to. Uh, they ship the big, the big boy, like you know, hardcover copies of books, and they ship everything, nearly everything, to like to distribute uh, to you know your freaking border, uh, not borders, but um, your uh, Barnes and Nobles, to your other bookstores around the world, around uh, around the U.S. It's not their first go around, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's for me, I give them a little bit of slack, but that slack is gone next week because they should because they're a big enough company. For them to get their crap together and say, "All right, cool, we should we should really ship these properly," and not only that, but ship them all correctly because there's still a bunch of boxes that are missing from you know from a lot of these uh, comic book shops. Like, hey, yeah, I got half of my shipment in. Where's the other half? Type of yeah. stuff, right? So, again, yeah, you know, we all we I know we talked about this when when uh, when DC first shipped to Lunar and they did have some packaging stuff as well. 
that they need to fix. And so I understand it's an ongoing type of thing scenario, but man, it's going to be tough for a lot of, uh, for a lot of us collectors uh, to like want to really, oof, should I, you know, take a step on, should I take a, this little step on Marvel and just, you know, to get this high $100 variant, you know, and coming into me in good condition type of stuff, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, granted, you know, it's, it doesn't really matter in, in a, it's not that big of a deal in, in the big scheme of things. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, it might be a dip for Marvel in the sense of like, uh, in the sense of like sales, but, yeah, but in that sense too, if it, any type of dip from over any type of dip for Marvel and comic books means there's a dip in comic books for your comic book shops. That's not a good thing. No. So here's hoping they get that stuff resolved pretty quickly. I'm going to be talking to chick. I hopefully got to talk to, um, to George or to, um, to Sid if he's hopefully he's back. He should be back. Right. Sid should be back. I think. He, he's, he was supposed to be, he was supposed to be coming back here pretty soon. So I uh, <laughs> would love to, to pick his brain because we yeah. are entering in, uh, we are diving head first mm-hmm. into the Marvel cinematic universe's phase four, which I know is going to directly, um, result in some good sales for all of our comic book stores when they try to pick up those back issues and those key issues having to do with great storylines and i know one of the things that's going to be selling pretty good here is that hawkeye series from the um, yeah. from just a few years ago but what we've seen a resurgence from over the last year or so has been shang chi the uh, master of kung fu um in the marvel universe uh and of course he got his big theatrical release Yep. Uh, last month, finally, uh, after yeah. being delayed along with Black Widow for over a year, uh-huh. and we have now seen though though Black though Black Widow was more so a prequel and kind of a bridge between Civil War and Infinity War. Yep. Um, we finally got to see Phase Four kick off, and with Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, um, this is other than Spider Man uh, Far From Home, this is our first big time cinematic glimpse into the post blip era um uh and i should actually know more along the lines of the post in-game era so really and truly from a star from a storyline standpoint from a chronological standpoint we've only seen two movies come out um after in-game and that would be spider-man far from home and and now shang chi and the legend of the ten rings remember Mm -hmm. black widow though it takes place in phase four tells a story that kind of really involves phase three so yeah that's where we're going with now falcon the winter soldier takes place after end game one division takes place after end game uh so does technically so does loki um we know the hawkeye is going to as well but from a theatrical standpoint and introducing a new character shang chi was the first one um like jr who was a a lot more trepidatious about yeah. this movie than I was. I was excited. Yeah. I like Simu Lu. Uh, I've enjoyed his comedic uh, likeness in in uh, Kim's Convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that he, um, as an actor and and as a self proclaimed nerd, um, mm-hmm. took a uh, now famous proactive approach on Twitter to try to grant, gain. Uh, notoriety with uh, Mr. Feige. Um, I-, I was stoked about this movie, and and I was really when they announced, it, I was really hoping that they were going to use this as an opportunity to bring not only Shang Chi, 
um, but also um, uh, uh, Iron Fist, uh, Danny ran to the big screen, which we know didn't happen. Um, I know there was a lot of rumors that it was going to happen. And now we know, I think that 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 Danny ran is going to get rebooted or whatever. Um, But uh, I was excited about this movie. Um, I know that leading up to it, Jr. was very iffy about it. I mean, you even you went as far Jr. said. This is going to be Marvel's first flop. Mm, I did. I think. I think at one point you said, "If I if I misquoted you, I apologize." But you, oh, you were. There were times where you were like, "This is this is not going to oh. be good." No, absolutely. I was. Um, I was very much in in the realm of like, "Oh, they're they're doing what Marvel is doing, what Disney had tried to do with Mulan." Yeah, type of thing. Or like, it was very much Disney's uh, attempt to get into the Chinese market. And try to uh, either conquer or satiate, you know, the, the hunger for Chinese heroes, type of thing, right? Which and so, I can understand. I get that, but like, if for me, understanding a little bit of Chinese government, a little bit of the Chinese, um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's funny being a minority in America. Uh, it's it's gonna sound like a tangent, I know, but like, it's a funny being Ameri- an American, no, a minority in America, understanding the type mm-hmm. of racial boundaries here. Yeah. At the same time, not knowing that they're kind of the same when regard to being uh, compared to other Asian Asians in Asia. Um, in in Asia, I'm I'm Southeast Asian, Filipino, yeah. right? Loud and proud, and and even in that sense is a certain hierarchy. And those, it's it's been widely known, and you know, for a lot of Asians that you know Chinese think that the best. Yeah. In in type of racial standards when it comes to. Asians who are Chinese right. friends. I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I will side with my co-host that Filipinos yeah. are the greatest Asians. Yeah. I mean, like it's, 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 it's always the big three in particular with, uh, with Asia, it's going to be Chinese, Japanese, and Koreans. Right. It, it and, really is. Yeah. And they're, they're the ones that they're the ones that have been marketed out there to look prim and proper. They are your model. Yeah, they're your model minorities, right? Granted, even though that I'm East, even though I am Asian, South Asians are looked upon. Like, I'm pretty sure we've said this before multiple times. I've said this multiple times before on on the podcast that South A- Southeast Asians are looked as the jungle, quote unquote, Asians or the ones that look like oh, they're you know minorities in Asia. And understanding that type and understanding that concept going into what that was America- well skirted because we have another way of saying it. We're not going to say it on the podcast. <laughs> of, course, of course, you're not going to say it on the podcast. I would love to say it, but you know, like, yeah, I don't it, wanna- it's going to It's not <laughs> wrong, but it, it doesn't need it to be said it publicly. Is. Yeah, yeah it, it is. it's one of those. It's one of those uh, instant, inherent biases that even agents have towards other Asians. I get yeah. that. It's just how we are. It's just how people are. But knowing, understanding that, but knowing that knowledge for me, I knew what America was trying to do. Right, they're trying to get that Asian market. They're not trying to get South Asian, yeah. Southeast Asian market. They're trying to get Chinese market because they're going to be the growing economy in the world. They're but working on. They're, they're, they're going to bring. They're going to bring the Filipino. What's the Filipino character's name? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, don't, don't get me wrong. That's going to be in there. It's just that you need to get the Chinese first. Oh yeah. That's the thing, right? You need to get the Chinese first. But knowing China and knowing the uh, ongoing. The ongoing and ever-growing like um, type of fervor, you, you know how um, 
you know this whole thing where people say in america that if you are a um uh uh how do, how do i put this correctly what's that one word that that uh, a lot of a lot of minorities use against white people you're uh you're a privileged not privileged, but the other one. If you if you love America, you are a uh, nationalist. A nationalist, right? Everyone in China is a nationalist <laughs> type of thing, <laughs> right? And there's no one to to kind of debunk them in that sense. Everyone, not okay. I can't say it in everyone. Not almost the ever growing ideal in China is that they're nationalists. They love China. Everyone loves China. You don't love China, you won't be seen ever again <laughs> because they're a communist <laughs> country. That's exactly we love China. So exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. And so that's how it goes. And so that's why I'm thinking the where Marvel went to. And that was my mindset. Right. It's going to be a bad movie because they're trying to piece to that, that, uh, that Marvel is trying to piece to that the same way that Disney did with Mulan. Yeah. By saying that, oh, well, yeah, they did a lot of tropes and a lot of fucking, you know, like, oh, what the fuck did you put that shit into? Like, like, oh, they, oh, you know, we have to know about honor and all this stuff. Like, bro, you said honor too many damn times, bro. Stop it. It's, they did it's, say it's it a not, lot in the in the cartoon it's, version, though. It's not necessarily not every time the cartoon version said honor is usually because of at least something stated in that sense, right? Yeah. And and granted, like this, the things that were done Mulan were, were kind of like uh, uh, a whole different topic, different day. But that's what I thought going into Shang Chi. They're gonna do the exact same stuff. And you're going there, probably not wrong. Yeah. Doing that. and to a certain to a certain regard, it was kind of in there, right? But it was its own, its own nondescript story. It did have a lot of history, in the sense not history, but it did have a lot of like uh, a lot of influences from comics. It did have a lot of like uh, a lot of um, influence in the sense of like family. That there's a lot Asian, of the, the, the a lot of Asian, and it wasn't yeah. even necessarily directly though the. Um, yeah. the, the 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 movie takes place in China. Yeah. Um, I think that there was a lot of the, for lack of a better term, tropes of of, of yeah and, and mythos of of yeah. Asian culture. It wasn't even like I said they, though it took place in China. What I did like about it that it was concerning was like I said it was it was going to turn into a big old propaganda film for yeah. China, for the Chinese, yeah. Right off the bat, and this ties into what we're talking about. Right off the bat, it pays tribute to the Chinese cinema in the in the form of its fighting style. Absolutely, yes. there's no yes. undeniable denying that. And I will say that Jr. and I have absolutely no problem with that. Go yes. right ahead. Yeah, you want to oh, rip ha- off Jackie Chan for two hours? Happy Calm down. Yeah, which it did. What did you say? His the 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 choreographer. This man right here, this man right Matt here. Allen, that's, in, the, in the black. And that's Jackie, that's isn't it? The Jackie, yeah, this is, yeah, this Jackie, is the film so. gorgeous. Yeah, this is the film right here, gorgeous. Oh, this is, uh, again, the, the uh, rest in peace, of course. To, yeah, he to, passed uh, away before, he passed during away. the filming, right? Uh, after the filming, it was, after it was the something filming. else. After the filming. And he, this, the, uh, all Shang-Chi was actually dedicated to Brad Allen. You know, the man has a, the man has, has a great... <laughs> Dude, the, he's a legend in his own right. He he has he has been casted so many times. Uh, he has been casted as as fight coordinator so many times in all these legendary films. He's one of he's one of uh one of the guys from Jackie Chan's original stunt team. Not original, but like he was in the, he was uh not the original. Pretty damn close. Back in the 1960s, yeah, 1970s. But he was in he was after 
after I think 1970s when the Hong Kong Stadium really blew up, he was yeah. brought in. Absolutely. So definitely props to him, man. Uh, we lost a we lost a giant in that regard. But then after that, man, I, the the fight scenes were great. Well choreographed. It was very Jackie Chan. Very, oh, very, yeah. very Jackie Chan. A lot of it was was great shade in that, but like, and I'm happy for that. I'm absolutely happy for that. The way the movie started, the way the way the movie paid homage to a lot of the of Hong Kong cinema, you know, um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, had regards to a lot of Jackie Chan films. It had regards to a lot of like, uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, a lot, a lot of, uh, well, actually, a lot of the Shaolin films too. Shaolin Monk's film you know, back in the day. Uh, the uh, for 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 the roof for the references, uh, um, uh, for the references for those who are in the hip hop Wu Tang style, how they, where they got it from? Uh, Shaolin, uh, uh, what's it called that they reference a lot? What Wu Tang reference a lot? Shaolin and the uh, and something oh, God, I, can't called. Called. I can't Yeah, yeah, man. I should. But yeah, there was a lot of references to a lot of great Hong Kong cinema, and I absolutely freaking love that. The story also took place took place in San Francisco, uh, where. It really, I was hoping adult would delve deep to into a lot of like what it really feels like to be an Asian American, right? To be yeah. not just Asian, but be in America with that, uh, with that type of a, um, with that type of a, I guess, onion, I guess, within us, right? That the other la- that other layer trap put onto us, being American. What it, what's it like to be a uh, an Asian American, not understanding your history of where we came from here in America? Granted, not a lot of that has been put on the story. But it was good to see at least, you know, to 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 at least show that we should not be afraid of our heritage. And we, they did. They 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 yeah. talked about that. Like that's one of the things I liked about was um when uh Sean Shang-Chi, um, yeah. and we're gonna get into this, you know, the the, the we're not obviously gonna be not gonna be able to do a watch along and give you a full on yeah. breakdown, but we're gonna hit the bullet points, what yeah. we liked, what we didn't like, and this is gonna be quick. Um yeah, uh, but one of my favorite scenes was when Sean, I said Shang-Chi, Simulu's mm-hmm. character, comes over to pick up Katie uh, after being out all night partying, um, yeah. doing stereotypical Asian things like karaoke. Um, yeah. But it was so, just done so perfectly and tastefully by Simu and Aquafina. Um, and I am by no stretch of the imagination Aquafina fan. And by the way, we're not sponsored by Yeti yet. Um, but uh, as I... Yeah. <laughs> logo out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, that is a one gallon. Subtle. That's fine. Um, no, um, they come back over to Katie's house and she's having breakfast with Katie's mom and her grandma yes. and they're and they're talking in 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 Mandarin and and they're talking about family and, and I I've always loved that and I love picking Jr's brain about his family and and i see the relationship that he has with his sister and you know he talks about all you know my dad and i we cook you know when i love him and his dad's cooking stuff like that and i just love hearing the stories and i love talking to chick and javel about family and stuff Hmm. because my my family was a lot like that it was to quote dom it's about family um oh oh god (laughs) (laughs) yeah i went there um but no I, i was the same way you know i was raised you know, my, my mom's dad, it was about family. It's family first. And mm-hmm. it was about traditions. And my my, my grandfather's side of the family, my, my mom's side of the family came from uh, from Spain. Um, and it was just taught from the get-go. It was about family very similar to 
uh, a lot of the the Asian culture. You take care of the elderly um, and hardworking and stuff like that. So I really um, I enjoyed that part because it reminded me of, albeit my my grandfather was white, um, and so was my his his mother, yeah. um, but I'm just two three generations removed from a, a very dark. Um, I know the Spanish are not super dark skinned, but a darker skinned uh, family. Um, but I really enjoyed that aspect. I really enjoyed the family. I just that was one of my favorite scenes. Was I don't yeah. know. It was kind of jokey at times, but I love when they were speaking in Mandarin and they were talking about yeah. family and stuff like that. So again, I like that. Um, also, and again, not to be stereotypical, but yeah. it is what it is. Also hints out about what it's like to be an Asian in America was in some cases, like even in San Francisco, where there is a heavy Asian influence, um, is it's still... And Jared's going to be like, huh? He's actually going to admit this. It's still a white man's world. And um, Katie and Sean are valets. They yep. are, they're almost kind of, for lack of a better term, not taken seriously. And, yeah. you know, Katie ends up being, you know, her, as her character develops throughout the movie, becomes, um, she, she has a lot to offer. Sean won't show his cards we he already knows what he has to offer he just doesn't want to show his cards yeah um and they're just fine living the life on tips and minimum wage doing <laughs> yeah grunt literally grunt work driving mm -hmm. other people rich bastards cars yeah and um that was those were two poignant scenes because they did like to, exactly what jr said is it tells the story of what it's like to be an asian american doing yeah. in some cases shitty ass jobs that nobody else wants to do trying mm. to have fun with it like katie and sean do yeah. and then at the end of the day it's all about family and then you see aquafina who's like oh god just like mom leave me alone like <laughs> but sean is respectful and he's yeah he he, he treats the uh, the grandma and the mom with respect and, and and but at the same time having fun with his with his friend yeah. so yeah one yeah one actually those scenes too um that i really loved about what the movie did is that they didn't they didn't one they didn't shy away from the fact that they can speak different languages and not be weird right they oh, didn't absolutely. have to it was it was natural it was yeah it was, it was natural they, they didn't have to um they didn't have to move on it type of thing right where they had they all had to speak english to certain regards even though yeah we we'll talk about Mulan some other day. It, 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 one of the biggest pratfalls I have, or like a lot of Asian movies, or uh, they try to have some type of Western appeal, is that they have to speak American. They have to speak not English, American. Bigger difference. <laughs> even in even uh, for those who don't know American, we have the we have the slangs. We're the one that came up with, the term, with these terms. Even though, of course, the King's English is the proper English. Yep, we're talking American, and so. So when uh, when a lot of a lot of the pratfalls that that a lot of Asian people or Asian companies try to do is that when they try to be adopted by Western influences, they speak American. I'm happy that this isn't that this doesn't go that way in the sense of like keeping this uh, keeping this tone American. No, they they went into Mandarin. They spoke Mandarin. They it was fine for them. And it took and they said, hey, it, it, for the for the viewers, for me, hey, if you want to understand this. Read the subtitles. 
it's fine. We're not gonna we're not gonna speak in English for you. Our, my mother, the mother of Shangxi, she spoke Mandarin. She's gonna continue to speak Mandarin, uh, even though she did speak English every now and then. Uh, but like the poignant moments is that they spoke they spoke Mandarin. They spoke their they spoke their uh, their language. And it's not on them for you to understand. It's for you to catch up. I love yeah. that aspect. I love that part of it. You had a point? Oh, and I was going back because I know that Marvel has done a bit of both in the comics. Yeah. There are times when you have a when you have a language like the Chinese, like the Chinese language, like like uh, even just even modern Mandarin. Yeah. Um, it's obviously for those as uh, from Western culture, from American culture, is it's a lot of uh, icons. hieroglyphic symbols symbols yes okay it's it's not the king's as jr says the king's english it's not the Mm -hmm. alphabet that we know it's not a b c d e f g it is symbols and symbols may represent a letter they may represent a word they remember represent an entire sentence and i know at times even when even when stan lee was editor-in-chief with for marvel comics there were times with maybe not necessarily Shang-Chi, but Asian characters that they would put the symbols in there and then put the little asterisk and have the translation underneath. Yeah. They yeah. still kind of do that. Yeah. What they'll do now in kind of a, in kind of a um, similar to with, with Deadpool, where they do a bubble, it's like Deadpool, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a red bubble or, or a yellow yeah. bubble and then Gwenpool, yeah. it's a pink bubble. But they'll put a little asterisk at the bottom They'll, they'll write it out in English, but they'll put it in. And he goes, we wanted to write this in Mandarin. Just assume <laughs> it's, it's it, it was spoken in Mandarin. So yeah. Marvel has done a lot to try in the comic books to help. Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Um, extend, extend, expand disbelief. Yeah. Um, and so I had no problem doing the, 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 yeah. the, the, subtitles i was reading them my son he was he got to enjoy the pictures and i went okay jake okay jake this is what when Wu is saying so yeah which is which that was i was cool with that right even with my um even my bias against like the chinese government and that propaganda mess right i I was i'm happy that they did that because to me this is this spoke of like uh this to me, this spoke of like childhood because I grew up watching Hong Kong cinema films. So cool, happy, good for me. Uh, that's a good one. That's that's a plus one for me, from me. And so also just going the assets of like understanding that I'm I'm happy that they they really try to pinpoint on culture, like the yeah. differences in culture in a sense. We're like we're like uh yeah the the dead to to Asians right is a is a different symbolic thing. They're still here with you. Yeah. Period. And so that's uh, I, I remember that exact same thing uh, growing up that we would leave, we would always leave a plate for those who left us. Always leave a plate for your grandma, for your for your grandpa, uh, for your nana, for your thang, for those who are left behind. Because you know, every time you hey, we have a family gathering, we would make we would make great big you know amounts of food. And one of the first, if not first or second plates, would always be to those who passed. And we leave in the corner. We put a candle out, and they would, you know, we would have that food for them to eat. And so it was very much like, yeah, the dead are honored different ways in different cultures. But for yeah. us, it's it's a much more for for Asians, right? Uh, specifically for me, for Filipinos, it's 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 honored in a way where they're still here with us, celebrating. 
they're yeah. still here with us, and it's always good to leave leave a plate out for them. And that really struck me like, yeah, that we view that differently here in America. I was hoping they go into that type of culture more. One, of course, I, I have this on my list. What does it do wrong? What did the movie do wrong for you? It didn't really heavily talk about the other aspects of being Asian American, understanding the history and being, you know, the and, and having that power struggle of like, you know, what what who do I be? Do I be the American me or do I be or do I have like some at least parts of my heritage for the Asian me? And growing all with that in America, then have that they did have parts it, of that parts know? of it, but not not yeah. I knew what you mean yeah. now. Yeah, because a lot of it, you know, had to go back with the ordinary story. You had to go back to this ongoing thing of who his father was. And I get that. Hopefully they'll make that in the second or third movie. We have time, basically. Yeah, and there's definitely going to be obviously a second movie, which we'll get to here in in, in the latter half of this review. Yeah. Um, What did I think they did wrong? Not Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. But was, and I get it, it's a crutch that a lot of Marvel marvel movies do yeah and they did a better job at hiding it in this movie because of the acting and 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 the writing yeah when you have to set up uh a sub a subplot by explaining how you're going to basically it'd be like explaining the joke and then it doesn't make any more sense because you had to explain it yeah. In the movie, towards the end, before the big battle, they're they're walking along this wall that tells the story of yeah. the basically the bat dragons or whatever. Yeah. And they have to tell that story for you to understand in about 45 minutes when they open up that freaking gate and all these like yeah. bat monsters come out. Yeah. Oh, but what they did with it was and it's what I love about Asian culture, most specifically Chinese, Japanese, and 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 maybe a little bit in kind of in Thai, is their the storytelling, yeah. the legends. Some of them are, and again, for those of you, we do have an Asian audience. For those that know, it's a hundred percent bullshit. But it's fun. It's like telling yeah. us, like us Americans telling the story of Paul Bunyan or John, or, or John Henry. Um, the, the 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 way they told the story and set up that subplot for the for the for the or set up the plot for the for the the conclusion the big conclusive fight was perfectly done because it was done in the vein of auntie or grandma telling the legend of the dragon and stuff like that. It was just, it was done because I know I have friends, I have family that that is Japanese that would sit down with their grandma and their grandpa and say, grandma, grandma, tell tell me the story. And they would tell it just like the characters did the movie. Let's tell you about why this gate is, is bad. Let me tell you about this story. And it was, and again, it's, it's a, it's a job well done by the director, the writer and the acting that they were able to execute a, a crutch that a lot yeah. of movies do most specifically Marvel about having to explain the inevitable uh, um, big plot point to the movie, but it was done so well because it's done in the vein of, let me tell you about our history. Let me tell you about these legends. Let me tell you where we come from. And I love what I love about Asian culture is that, great storytelling um 
and and I love the legends. I love the folklore behind the, the, the different cultures, and not just Chinese, not just Japanese, not just Filipino, not just Korean, but Thai. Um, I, you know, we did a lot of different things. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm just drawing a blank on all the other possible Asian countries. Yeah, I, I love the legends and it's not for entertainment. It's I, 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 I soak it all in as history. Yeah. Some of it is folklore. Yeah. Some of it is bullshit. Some of it's tall tales. Some of mm. it is grandma told me this story uh, at bedtime and I believe it, you know, but I love it. Yeah. I love, I love, I love it. And yeah. um, it I, is, I did like is. that, how they handled that sort of subplot. Yeah, it is absolutely um, a, a a retelling of of certain parts of of Asian history in a sense of of Asian like folklore. Absolutely, yeah. a lot of a. Uh, I don't want to go too much of a tangent. It might be a hot take, but it's funny how uh, how how it is easy to pinpoint and put out that a lot of the Asian. Uh, culture or a lot of the Asian beliefs are yeah absolutely true bullcrap it's, it's hard to believe in dragons it's hard to believe in 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 very dignified lion looking dogs right yeah but you can't talk about a man who but you can't talk about a man who who was raised from the dead three days later yeah <laughs> I, so, and that's and and I told I remember my daughter one time we, we watched a yeah. movie and she asked me if dragons are real I don't know I've never hmm. seen one it's it's i i can't yeah, tell you that they do they exist i can't yeah. tell you that they don't exist yeah it's one of those things where like we all have to understand that everyone loves to tell a story period everyone yeah. loves to tell a story and some more stories are more grandiose than some and more grandiose than others and so uh, the way that i look at a lot of asian asian literature and asian folklore is that you have to take it for what it is man this is the type of stuff where it brought people to have either a certain regard for the folklore and their heritage and what that meant to the people right or others that just thought like oh that's just you know fucking crazy bullshit right yeah we outside look that in in all aspects of length in all aspects of a of a, of the history as well but regardless of that going back on to uh on stopping hand man uh one of the things that I did right i'm pretty sure we did the what, what it does right for you but like i gotta just say it again man the action scenes were amazing yeah it, this every just every act specifically for me the even though the the busing was really good really really good you know kind of like press supposed to start up in there the the fight scene i, I watched the movie twice now and i've only twice. seen it the one time i want to see it. i definitely want to see it again i watched it twice i watched it once here with my with my family and i watched it in vancouver oh. portland oregon with my other family and so uh the the this fight scene where they're in the skyscraper or the um, the scaffolding scaffolding right oh my god yeah lift. absolutely it was, it was i the first time I'm like i can't see shit right he's like what the hell they did they filmed this horribly the second time oh the reason why is because my movie theater was horribly lit yeah <laughs> and i watched it, it looked so much better like i could see everything correctly that was it screamed of jackie yeah, i was gonna say it of jackie Screamed of uh, Rush Hour Two, um, yeah. What's it called? Um, uh, there was a Rumble in the Bronx. I think had yeah. um, a scene like that. Operation Condor with Jackie Chan. That's another movie. Or no, uh, Jackie Chan's First Strike. That's what I'm thinking of. That maybe it that's just, what I'm thinking of too. Yeah. It, it, that, absolutely. The second they went outside the window and in yeah. in Shang Chi or Sean, um, yeah. 
uh, goes after, um, yeah, go kind of help goes to help out. I think goes to help out Aquafina, yeah. um, and starts getting in these. I was just like, and it 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 stopped. It ceased being a typical. Oh, this is just gonna be a, another Marvel fight scene, and they're just gonna change it onto the side of a building mm-hmm. because we haven't done this before. No, it's exactly what Jr. said. It screamed of Jackie Chan. It yeah. paid homage to me, Jr. By that, I know you could. I know you can't do it. Yeah, is what I liked about Jackie, and even in Rush Hour, which was a huge blockbuster movie for him to do. Yeah, it had a big budget. Yeah, the raw take of them being it. I would love to see the the outtakes of Jackie when he fought on the uh, the side of the building because they did they did a, a scaffolding fight with the bamboo yeah. and stuff like that. Hmm. I would love to see um, the raw footage of that shoot because I'm still I'm still a hundred percent convinced that there was no green screen there was no blue yeah. screen that it was oh. jackie on the side of a building on on this thing whereas simu it's cgi it was on a, yeah. probably on some scaffolding on a soundstage yeah. in atlanta um but which is still equally as impressive yeah but to be a i almost I, that's the only thing i was like they got to me in that scene the only thing they got wrong was at times, even though they were probably on actual scaffolding, to me, I, I because it's so overly CG'd, I'm like, it's a, it's a fake building. They're yeah. not really on the side of a building. No, it would be too dangerous. And, and, I, and I get it. I totally get why. And I'm not going to nitpick, but I'm going to nitpick that that would be my only complaint about that scene. It was like, yeah. it slightly takes me out of it because it's like, yeah. okay, it's on the side of a building. It's not really I, on the I side mean, of a building. Yeah, because like one hanging dangling Aquafina off of a hundred foot skyscraper is not really the greatest idea anyway. One second, my camera kind of like messed up right now. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> did it in Mission Impossible Seven. Well, she Aquafina didn't get paid as much as Tom Cruise though. She should. I'm I'm gonna say it. I'm not a fan of her. She should. I like her in Crazy Rich Asians. I liked her on this. Great. Start paying her some money. She was good, man. And a lot of those scenes were freaking amazing to me. Uh, oh yeah. One, one of the best, one of the best things for the one, I, I cannot give this man any, I, I can't give him none, enough credit, dude. Tony, uh, Tony way, uh, the actor who, not Andy Lau was different. Andy Lau was a different actor, but Tony, he carried the movie for me. The father. When Wu? Anyway. Uh, yeah. When Wu. he carried this shit, man. <laughs> It like it felt very because he was that he was that off like he you you think going in and I, I kind of like what Marvel's doing with the, with this recent trends of like he's not is he a villain of really a like your you know your black and white villain is he really the bad guy bad guy everyone and it's gotten that gray gray area of like yeah he does some horrible freaking things but this version of him he's doing for a reason and so you see Tony or you see Wenwu he's depicted as yeah he's an evil guy who is the head of an organization that wants to kill everybody but then you see the unraveling of him and who he really was the uh the love of his life the mother of, of shang chi um and uh the mother of uh, i forgot the sister's name um no one jaling jaling yeah like how, x-i-a-l-i-n-g yeah like how they were just kind of, it is tony wing yeah tony Lang, and how he was just they're normal they were they were a normal parents like it, it felt very 
I gotta tell you, I watched. My, I told my parents to watch this man. They cried their eyes out. It was the cutest thing because they really understood the story of this. We're like, yeah, you do things for your kids. You do things for those you love, right? There's only so much power. There's only so much that can drive a man, yeah. right? There's only there's only so much power that can drive a man to do what he wants to do until he until he is you know until he's given a a better purpose and it's for him it was yeah it was putting down the it was putting down the 10 rings and becoming a dad in this sense right like power is great but what matters after that what is your legacy after that type of thing yeah and so one of those things that really attributed to being a really great family movie for me was that it was just like dang man like what what do you give a man who has all this power when you take everything away from him type of stuff specifically the rock the better rock his wife yeah right and you see this transition of like him just totally driving his kids, you know, kind of away from him. And yeah, that fight, that final fight scene where, where it was him and it, where it was him and, uh, and, uh, and Sean, like we, and Sean's like, we needed you and you trained me to be a killer. We needed you type of thing, man. And so, yeah, like the family stuff hit it for me. It was great. Tony fucking carried it. I want, I wanted him to be in more of this shit. I wanted a lot of the Hong Kong like legend to be in like something this marketable type yeah. of stuff right now i'm not just saying that the, the past movie has, that he's done isn't as marketable but like it's it's tony man it's tony like he is a guy who's been in it for for a minute he's he's one of the heads of like chinese cinema he's one of the legends of chinese cinema and so just him being in this type of movie and giving him the respect that this fucking man deserves is amazing and i hope uh, and I hope freaking Donnie Yen can finally give that same comeuppance as well. They, they gave him parts in, of course, Star Wars. For those who don't know, Donnie Yen was in Star Wars. Um, Rogue One, you know, the, the Force with me. I'm one with the Force. Yeah. The blind, blind. Uh, he's not swordsman, but he's a blind master. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping they give him more props, even though he's turning 60 as well. <clears throat> uh, or he's already 60. But yeah, just like I, I really, we, Marvel needs a lot more people that know how to fight because when when you know how to fight and you are giving correct fight scenes with a marvel budget they look like shang chi <laughs> they look like that and i give my i gave my dude here uh, a bunch of like all these lists of like fight scenes that he should look at right and we should compare and contrast and see where the influences come from one of them was this scene right here gorgeous right well for me possibly one of the Oh, I lost your mic, dude. How about now? You hear me now? There you go. I don't I know what the hell happened. Oh. Where did I cut off on? Uh, you talking, just started talking about Gorgeous. Okay, so one of those fight scenes was this right here, Gorgeous. One of the, one, uh, for me, one of the best fight scenes of all time of just raw speed, um, proper dueling, uh, two head-to-head combatants. Man, there, these guys right here in that fight scene, to me, was beautiful. It was amazing. The it came. This fight scene came from uh, came from the movie Gorgeous, which was it was actually a rom com. <laughs> it's, it's it's weird. Like Jackie Chan plays this, you know, very uh, million. This uh, like head of a head of a company, millionaire. You know, uh, uh, he uh, not Playboy, but like he's he, he's like Tony Stark, but not really Tony Stark. Yeah, but he can fight type of thing. And he, if he, if he uh, was able to continue fighting, he would be one of the best in the world. And so this other company was trying to take, was trying to do a hostile takeover of his company. And in order to kind of just like stop that, they fought. <laughs> it was weird, <laughs> but I loved it. And the fight scenes there were amazing. And a lot of the fight scenes there in that one, I also gave him, 
I gave him also, I think, It Man, the first, the very first movie of It Man, where it was, oh my goodness, the where it was It Man versus like 10 Japanese masters, where after the Japanese, uh, during World War II, uh, after, the, after the Japanese conquered that part of Asia or China he was in, uh, in order to fight for food, he had to fight out, he had to take on like multiple masters. And so that stuff was crazy, man. I'm just hoping for more of like that. Because that's what actual fight scenes look like for me, for uh, like really combative, really concise, wide lens. Don't take your don't take your eyes off them. No shaky hand cam. Always yeah. a steady lens. No cuts. Just they're fighters. So let them fight type of stuff. So yeah. I'm hoping for more of that more of that to come out. Um, real quick, the other thing that I, I I I didn't like about the movie was I was super invested in the character leading up to the movie, and I felt kind of robbed in how the character was dealt with. And that is the character of death dealer. Um, and for those who don't know who death dealers, he's the guy that was wearing the Kabuki mask um, throughout the movie. Andy, Andy Lee um, portrayed the, the character never was unmasked in the movie. There was a lot yeah. of people that were speculating uh, who de- the death dealer would be. I know that the character in the comic books, um, I don't believe was ever unmasked um, either, but is still, maybe not still, but is, it's a real character. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was very unceremoniously killed. Um, He was one of the souls that was taken by the big, the first souls, yeah. The big bat dragon thing, whatever. Yeah. Soul suckers. Um, The soul suckers, yeah. So um, that was my other thing too, just going through it. Other than that, um, any movie that gives us Michelle Yao, um is a plus in my book she is still yeah. my woman crush wednesday um yeah. uh i i love her she is gorgeous she is talented she she is so believable in everything that she does you know you look at her and um she doesn't look a day over like 22 and i yeah. say that hopefully that she's listening and you know um what's up um but you look at her and she's, but she's really what she's, she's in her sixties, I think. Oh yeah. Born in 1962. So she's coming she's up. She's going to be 60. She's going to be 60. Doesn't look it by the way. Yeah. Um, And she is so talented and she is so believable that you, if you sat there and you told her in the movie, the character, Oh yeah, she's 32. You'd believe it. You told her she was 62. You'd believe it. Um, just anything she touches is golden. Yeah, uh, I thought she was fantastic as the the aunt in in the movie, um, the sister to uh, was it Fala Shen's uh, yeah. Lee, who yeah. was um, Wen Wu's uh, wife, Tony Tony uh, Luang. Tony Luang. Yeah. Tony Luang. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Um, and I said anything she does is, is great. Talking about Michelle Yao, I did like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fala Shen. I did like that scene between Lee and Wenwu, uh, where we thought that maybe that was going to be our introduction to the Iron Fist, but it ends up being that Lee was like a uh, like a, a garden, um, it's kind of a tree guardian kind of. So she was, yeah, kind of like that forest guardian kind of look. I love that mm-hmm. costume. There's actually a Funko Pop of her in that costume that I want desperately and cannot find. Um, I just got in my recent Funko box. I got a um limited edition uh, of of shang chi and of um and i think i got uh, no it's not the case it's, it's uh uh 
Zhai uh, Ling, um, the, the sister. Oh, sister, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like that. I'm just kind of going through just from what I remember the movie. The bus scene uh, was great um, mm-hmm. and how it introduced uh, Razor Fist. Um, and I, I like that we didn't get a he was bitten by a radioactive spider kind of storyline. Yeah. He was it was always there. And I think that was kind of a pleasant surprise was like, just like Katie was like, whoa, dude, like, you know how to kick some ass. Um, we as an audience did. They're like, hold up, time out. We knew where this movie was going. We knew yeah. that Sean, she was go- we knew that Sean was Shang-Chi and that we were going to see this guy kick some ass. But wait a minute. This yeah. dude knew how to kick ass the whole time and you didn't tell yeah. us. I liked that reveal. Um and we knew it was coming, but we didn't know that's the way it was going to come. Yeah. Um, so I liked that yeah. part. And I liked the Fight Club. I will say I was disappointed, but it makes more sense now but, um, that the Fight Club that his sister runs, spoiler if you haven't seen the movie, um, was not in Madripoor like we thought. Yeah. It's it actually in China. It's in... Uh, uh, it's not Beijing. It's, 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 a, it's a bigger city, in yeah, China, I just can't remember. I forget. Yeah, it, they they said it multiple times, so I just forget. Yeah, it's on exactly the postcard. Where. Yeah, it's on the postcard. Yeah, but yeah, the um, and I love the Fight Club aspects. Like there was different little yeah. hidden uh, characters. We saw that the one of the Black Widows that was released in Black That's Widow right. was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. We saw that um, Wong is uh doing some some uh, Fight Club. Yeah, we yeah. saw the Abomination for the first time in. Yeah. 12 years abomination um, is also that same abomination has also been slated to be in in she hulk too in she hulk yes and so cool. also rumored that that may also be making uh multiple new appearances and it's it's full-on uh, um blonsky it's it's and the guy um i can't think of the actor's name is returning to voice great uh, abomination so um this is good super excited about that um yeah, I, oh yeah, uh, overall, just yeah, the, it's it's uh, the action scenes were off the charts. It was it was really good. I, I love that the twists in the film too were were given via, uh, like the the twist. Most of the twists in the film were given via back uh, like flashback type of stuff, right? Yes. Where we first come to come to think like, oh, you know, this is horrible father that wanted to train his kids to to be assassins, all this stuff, right? We come to find out that like. Yes, he still did that stuff, but like it was one of those things where like the they were a normal family for a good ten plus years. Exactly, he put the rings down. His dad's like, yeah, I want to change for her and for my kids, right? Until because this is an ongoing thing too within within Asian uh, within Asian philosophy that your deeds will come back to get you type of stuff, right? That yeah. there, you do you do feel a certain amount of karma, right? And even though that karma costs his wife, one of the biggest things that was a uh, uh, wasn't actually answer, wasn't said in that is that men specifically they can't let that shit go type of stuff right specifically in Asian culture they can't let that go but one of the things that could have been said is that that was the deal that the mother you know that the mother paid for the debts of the father what the father should have done was like okay this happened we have to grieve her and I just got to raise my kids right yeah. type of stuff and but then he, he went back to that scene and it was a tough scene for me in the sense of like where he brought his son to go kill the fuckers, right. To, to see like where the big boss was in order to do that. Because like, 
I'm pretty sure in most in most uh, in most homes too. But like the the son would always want to re- would try to do right by the father. Yeah. And and the son for me, like when I saw that, like, yeah, if, if uh, when my dad asked you, like, we're gonna try and get your mother's trying to you know, we're trying to get your mother's uh, killer. You know, that we would you want to join me? Like, yeah, I'm in. It's one of those things for me, like he wasn't, even though he wasn't fully, you know, comprehending the situation, he also wasn't um Shang-Chi also wasn't clear of it too. He wanted to help out his dad. Yeah. That was one once one of the bigger choice for me. Like, yeah, he chose this life too. Initially, he chose it. And like he goes, he went into it. You see the you see the number, the number of uh of fights. That he uh, the the number of training he has done, the, all the other things that he's constantly going through, the 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 discipline he's going through with uh with the uh, death dealer, the um the constant like uh, the constant struggle of being Asian and wanting to do right by your parents or or seek their yeah. approval by the stuff right and so you get angry all that shit. I get that. I get that whole thing. So just that, just again, man, the the whole economy of the family being broken down, the Asian family being broken down in the film. Right. And understanding that, like, yeah, the dad just needed help, man. The dad needed help. He grieved. He couldn't grieve in that time. He did not know how to grieve properly. And the only thing that helped him kind of go through this process was just to just basically rise up his empire again and kind of just establish domain. And that's crazy to think about. And also kind of crazy to understand that, you know, that those, what, 10, 20 years that he had with her? Are nothing compared to the compared to the thousand years he's already lived at that point. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, also, one of the cool things too, some of the other actors in that film, uh, the old guy that we saw uh, during uh, when they went to the village, the older general that kind of like ordered uh, that ordered Aquavina around all that stuff. Him, yeah, yeah. He was actually an original stunt coordinator, or he he worked with Bruce Lee way back then. That's day. right. That's who it was. Okay, I, I remember you telling me that story. Cool. Yeah, man. I was like, damn, they got some, they got some legends in here, bro. And so, but overall, man, the movie was really good. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I, there wasn't a lot of uh, Chinese superiority type of thing that you usually find in a lot of like action films, in general, or not just, or a lot of like Asian superiority. You be you have a tendency for me. I've seen that a lot. <laughs> In my time growing up, the, but, the cool yeah. thing about it was, other than name dropping the location, yeah, there was really no mention of China. Yeah, that mm-hmm. it was. We know that this is taking place in China, though it wasn't filmed there, it was filmed other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was it. And then, of course, the last half of the movie takes place kind of in an alternate realm, a la. Um, Kong, uh, Kung, Kung Lao, Kung Lao, yeah, Kung Lu, Kung Lao. I think so. And this yeah. one was what I think this one was called. Uh, it's a, some a similar name, yeah. But it exists on a different plane of existence, but yeah. it still affects reality. Um, real quick on a side note, I was thinking about Tao Lo. Tao Lo was the was the yeah. was the Shang Chi version. Yeah. Um. Real quick on on the character of Wen Wen Wu, and his he put down the rings. He became a decent human being. He was no longer, as you see behind me, the quote Mandarin. Um, he became a good father, a good husband, and um, it was only after his wife is killed that he begins to allow grief to overtake him. 
and he doesn't go full doesn't even go back full evil he kind of does yeah but he really doesn't and in good villain fashion he tries to justify his means yeah but it, it wasn't until the last act of the movie that we see he goes fucking nuts because yeah. of the 10 rings as they said the 10 rings begin to speak to him and i i liked that aspect of it is you great power comes from great responsibility is and one of the great things about stanley storytelling back in the day and, it, and it's still to this day in other storytelling is i can give spider-man these great powers superhuman strength i can shoot well you know he can he's a smart kid and he can create these web shooters and he can walk up walls and he can pick mm -hmm. up cars, but he yeah. still has acne. He still has this. He still has that. And where I'm getting at with Wen Wu was he has these rings. It gives him great power. He can do all these things. He can kick ass. He can do this. He can move objects mm -hmm. like that. But he goes nuts. It's kind of like... Um, in Lord of the Rings with the, the power ring, you yeah. can use it and disappear and go into that, that shadow realm. But guess what happens? Just like it does with Schmeagel with, um, with the, with the Gollum is he, he transforms. People don't realize Gollum was originally a hobbit and he goes nuts because of the freaking ring. And mm -hmm. so in the Marvel universe, when Wu begins to go nuts and it is, his true power comes out. And what I liked about his, approach to that that moment of like snap and and goes off the deep end you know we've seen guys that snap most specifically is when wilson fisk in the daredevil shows is triggered by emotion when someone messes with um uh this the wife i can't remember the wife's name now the characters yeah. Yeah. Um, when he finds out that wesley is murdered um, he goes zero to six, but you could see it bubbling in him. When Wu was more methodical and it played out and it, maybe it festered a little bit, but he was so devious, but at the same time, he was so psychotic because he was hearing voices and the, the rings were speaking to him. And I think that's one of the aspects and to tie into the post-credit scene where we see Katie and, uh, shang chi meet with wong yeah captain marvel and and, and bruce banner non-hulk bruce banner by the way which will be interesting to see how that plays out in she hulk is they the the, the rings are uh, are uh, of an item of unknown origin they don't know where they came from yeah so we don't know the damage that these rings are doing what damage that it did did it do to wen wu and whatnot so yeah, um i i feel like it, that, that is a possible scenario that might work out. I just, I still feel like uh, even one, one of my biggest things for me was that uh, the, that was done wrong for me was of course the actual evil villain in the film was that huge ass soul sucker. Yeah. Which I felt like was played in there. And uh, the soul sucker was talking through the soul sucker was talking through their 10 rings to Shang-Chi or, or to Wen Wu. Yeah. Like, I, I just feel for me, man, like just like the guy was going through a lot of grief. That's absolutely. Like, he was going through a lot of grief. And like uh, for those who watch Castlevania, right? The Netflix show, the anime series, like yeah. the very first episode, you understand why he, he did the things he did. 
because grief could take some crazy freaking forms and that grief definitely for for guys has gone or has gone to the root of toxic toxicity in this sense like physical toxicity and so like there is a there is a point to be said that yeah there there is the ten rings has can play a huge part in his in his um uh devolving of his of his mind uh, of his um of his mind and just his overall emotional landscape yeah uh, but i i do feel that a lot of that is a tribute to the freaking soul sucker which was for me the one of the worst parts of the movie it yeah. was cool yeah don't be wrong but like it's not that bad but as of the worst it's probably the worst part of the movie for me where it's cool you see we we kind of did this whole thing this marvel thing like we show the villain in a new light so we don't really want to necessarily kill him yeah right or kill us yeah i like them yeah but we have to kill something we have to show an actual big bad and it's big there has to be a villain yeah this this ten thousand or even older million million uh you know year old freaking being that came across the stars and is sucking out souls type of stuff yeah like okay but there is a point to be made that yeah, it's possibility that yeah, the Ten Rings are of unknown origin, could be degrading Shang Chi to a certain extent, where it could affect his mindscape. It's a big possibility. I agree with that. And, but, I, but I do feel that that one that one when it, that a lot of a lot of his misdeeds came from just his his emotional place where he was at, you know, just emotionally and psychologically because of his the loss of his wife and his quit and his kids basically. So. I don't know, but that was just me. No, and, and again, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I would go see it again in the theater if I've got an opportunity to. But again, November 12th is when it comes to Disney Plus and digital, and it should be coming out end of November for yeah. Blu-ray. Um, we talked a little bit about the comparisons of Hong Kong cinema and Southeast Asian action, uh, the influences of Jackie Chan. Um, real quick, we'll end on this. Um, yeah. What does this mean to the future of the Marvel film and the cast. Well, we saw JR in the post credit scene two things. We saw in the first one, the end of the movie, we see um, Wong open up the portal, mm-hmm. comes goes into the restaurant after Sean and Katie tell their big story to their friends that don't believe him. Um, they go to the Sanctum Sanctorum, meet with Wong, and they find out that these rings have an unknown origin. Um, Carol Danvers says, I've been to one stretch of this universe to another. I have no idea where these things are from. Uh, it's assumed, uh, and we talked about this last week, that um, Bruce Banner is in the top five smartest guys in the Marvel Universe. And it's uh, no secret that he's similar in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Bruce has no idea where these things from a technological standpoint. They're not earthbound. He, nothing in, in, in the Stargate you know, uh, mashes these, these, these devices. So we get to see that cameo, which was super cool. Um, and basically Bruce says, welcome to the team kid. And Shang-Chi yeah. and Katie are, well, at least Shang-Chi is kind of made an unofficial Avenger. Yeah. Um, Post credit scene was a little bit more mysterious. We see Zhiling the sister back at the, the headquarters um, of Wenwu, um, the headquarters of the 10 rings. She's mm-hmm. kind of, it looks like at first that she's taking, you know, she's taking on the posters from her show, from her, from her room. And then all of a sudden her friend says, okay, it's time. And yeah. 
she goes into this courtyard and she's not dismantling her dad's empire she's rebuilding it and making it stronger you have men and women fighting against one another um Mm -hmm. you have exactly what she wanted and then she sits upon the throne that is sitting right there behind me if you're watching the youtube version the picture of wen wu sitting on the throne of the ten rings she sits on the ten ten, the this throne with her friends on each side including Mm -hmm. razor fist and then you see her like i said take her place fade to uh, fade to black the ten not not shang chi (coughs) yeah not katie not Wen Wu, not Jiling, the Ten Rings will return. So we get mm. that stinger that we've seen. Iron Man will return. Captain America will return. The Guardians of the Galaxy will return. Thor will return. Yep. Loki, mm-hmm. the Ten Rings will return. And that was both like exciting and ominous at the same time. I like that ending. Um, what does that mean? All bets are off, bro. Um, we know that the, the Ten Rings themselves, the physical Ten Rings, are, are something sketchy about them. They're, they're alien. You know, what does these mean? Where does this power come from? Mm. The organization, the Ten Rings, now led by Jiling, is yeah. it good? Is it bad? What does it mean? Um, and we, we will find out hopefully sooner than later. Like I said, JR mentioned before, it's not a beneficial yet, but it is a far gone conclusion. This movie is getting a sequel. Yeah, it, it easily will. I I feel like for me, the Ten Rings, um, it's just my own part personal theory. I feel like for me, the Ten Rings is going to be somewhat similar to like, um, kind of like a backer for Shang Chi, in the sense of like you know like what the uh, yeah I like I like your theory on the story. Sorry. Yeah, like uh, like let's say if what's the uh, What's the what's the criminal organization, the ninja organization that is actually currently trying to fight against that Daredevil constantly fights against? The with, the, uh, the hand. stick, the hand, right? Yeah. Let's say if if Daredevil got in control of the hand, but he still wants to be a superhero, you know, that's like the hand backing up, like being the frontrunner, like to give him all the cash, right? Type of stuff. I feel like that's what's gonna be like for for Shang Chi, where like he needs to get to places, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Macau. That's where the that's where the original um uh, just just came into my head right now. I, I apologize, but the original uh the fighting organization that his sister owned was in Macau, Macau, okay. China, I think. Yeah. Yes. But um, yeah. so let's say if he needs to go, if let's say if Shang Chi needs to fly back to Macau or needs to fly just anywhere else in the world, is he just gonna randomly have money? Well, <laughs> he's know? an Avenger now. He's gonna have. Uh, he's sure. gonna have that. that possibly but, but you can't oh but you can't always can't rely on you can't always rely on on hong to like to transport shit to wherever you need to go right yeah so so that's what i'm thinking like the way that tony was to the avengers i feel like 10 rings will be in a certain regard to, to uh, shang chi to shang chi again granted it's his sister she's gonna do whatever the hell, whatever the hell she wants to as she should she she might go conquer wherever or or she might just have bigger better fucking fights to 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 live cast, I don't know. Jr. Uh, but you you yeah. had brought up this theory about a, right after we saw the movie. Yeah, was maybe um the Ten Rings led by Jiling hmm. is going to be an organization that is not a hundred percent good. 
Mm. It's not 100% bad. Yeah. And that they are someone that they're an organization that monitors the same villainous activities that Shang-Chi is going after. So you have two organizations. You have Shang-Chi, an Avenger, but still, you know, a, 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 a good guy in his own right, a superhero in his own right, um, observing the same criminal activities that the Ten Rings are. And maybe there's a there's something that Shang-Chi goes up against that he just can't do. And yeah. he goes, you know what? I, I know to stop this bad guy, I have to kill him, but I can't kill him. Hey, Ten Rings. Can, so maybe they become the organization oh. to do Shang Chi's dirty work. That they oh. he they'll they'll go some they'll go where he can't go, mentally, emotionally. Um, that's something to show. Let us know in the comments below. By the way, mm. if you're a Spotify listener, um, we're going to start adding some cool features. I just this just got added from Anchor. So if you're mm. on our audio version, we're going to add um, a weekly uh, um, Q and A question. And also, there's going to be a a um, a, uh, a survey, a little, a little poll, uh, fan poll, and um, we'll come up with something. I'll let Jr. come up with one, but that's exclusively to our Spotify listeners. Um, mm. You can actually interact with the show by by answering our Q and A question of the week, and yep. also get involved with our poll question. Our poll question on our last show, which was episode eight of What If was mm-hmm. what's your favorite fight scene from what if go over to the Spotify um, our Spotify channel and mm-hmm. which is just look at PS comics. I love you and find the um, the bonus episode of episode eight of what if, and also uh, let us know in the comment section. There's a, yeah. there's a Q and a question. So go over there and we'll have some for this episode as well. And, and whatever future ones um, wrapping things up, Jr. Yep. Um, what your opinion is uh, more on where this falls in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or you kind of said there with your theory, where does this land in JR's uh, top list? Now, counting Shang-Chi, we are now up to 25 films. Um, where does Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings rank amongst the top 25 Marvel cinematic universe movies i think for me it'll probably go it'll just fall below a top five but it would be like in top eight for me i don't know where specifically but it'll be in top eight for me i've got it as my number nine hmm. for context my top 10 marvel cinematic universe movies ant-man number 10 i love ant-man i think it's a great film shang chi and the legend of the ten rings doctor strange Spider-Man Far From Home, The Avengers, Iron Man at number five, Guardians of the Galaxy at number four, Avengers Endgame at three, Avengers Infinity War at two, still holding tight at number one. Really don't think you can can really beat it is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm. Such a good story. Yeah, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, to me, it did a lot of things right. Um... Over uh, uh, acting overperformed, hands down. Writing was was good. Um, cinematography was great. Yep. Uh, the choreography was great. Costumes were good. Um, I, I give it a, a solid 
A minus. It's not an A plus film, but it's an A minus. Um, yep. But uh, I will say one last thing, Jr. So save the best for last. We were privied to what could have possibly been the greatest cinematic performance uh, of a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe nearly 10 years ago when it was announced that Sir Ben Kingsley Mm. was going to portray the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. We were going to get arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Iron Man villain of all time. Mm going to the silver screen in the form of Sir Ben Kingsley. Okay. White man. So okay. He's a, uh, he's a mixed race, but a white man playing an Asian character. Yeah. You've said before, it's Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Don't have a big problem with it. Swerve. It's not Kevin. It's, it's, it's Kevin Flattery or, or okay. I'm sorry, uh, Trevor Slattery. Yeah. What did you think of the return of Trevor Slattery? To the Marvel Cinematic. I was, I was, uh, it was a good nod. It was a good nod. I, I, uh, I was a good nod. It was good. It was just more so like I, I love the fact that they at least paid, um, made note of the whole type of like, yo, like yo, there's power names and you know the head of the sort of the head yes. of the thing. Yeah, I'm a head of a ten organization that just that toppled governments and you know was rampant towards history and they named me after a mat a fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Really? Okay. But I'm glad they made tribute to that. But like just overall his his character in there, it was good. He it was I, I enjoyed it. He was fun, man. Just and that little thing with the uh with Melvin. The, uh, yeah, Melvin. That oh dude. Yeah, I want one. I want one. I was cute. But and like how he play acted him dead. Yeah, man. I was uh I was fun. I I like I enjoyed it, man. It was uh it definitely brought a lot of levity to the film or no brevity to the film. For me, we're like it was. It was kind of serious. Like they had a lot of like serious family character stuff, but then they bring in Kevin, bring in Ben Kingsley back, and that was fun. It was. It was yeah. good for me. Was and they didn't me. kill him off, so he's still technically canon. So he's still in there. Let us yeah. know in the comments below, guys, what you thought of Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. If you've seen it, if you haven't seen us, seen it. Hopefully, we didn't spoil the movie too much for you. Sorry, we probably did. Mm-hmm. Um. But let us know what you were most excited to see in this uh, film. Um, I am really anxious to see. Um, I know it's like I say that about every movie, but I'm really excited to see the Eternals, which is about a month and a half away. Yeah. Um, but and see how it ties in. I think that these are two films that will probably more so than anything kind of tie with one another. Um but we'll see what the Eternals does. I, I'm really excited because I know uh, coming off the heels of her Academy Award win, um, I, I'm really, cu- really cannot wait for. Um, uh, I can't think of her first name. I just, just completely drew a blank on the director's oh, name. Yeah, yeah, um, something Chow. Gemma Chow. Is it something Chow? Is it Gemma Chow? Let me see. Um, for the uh, for Eternals. For Eternals. I just have it right. I always happen to have it right here in front of me. Um. It is uh, uh, Chloe Zhao. I apologize. Chloe Zhao. Okay, I was yeah. way off. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really super excited to see that. But uh, all right, guys. Let, yeah, just, like I said, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter too. At yeah. PS Comics. I love the uh, PS Comics. I love you. Um, you're going to want to follow us on Twitter. You're going to want to follow mm-hmm. us on Facebook. You're going to want to follow yeah. us 
on Instagram and, and, and do we still have a MySpace page? I don't know. Uh, because we're going to be doing a live show soon. Uh, mm. We're going to, we got to, we're working on the kinks. I've got to get JR accommodated with uh, the uh, other software, but uh, we're going to yep. do something live um, sometime soon. Um, I'm really looking forward to it, but uh, yeah, guys, uh, again, just let us know what you like, what you disliked, what you liked about mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, what you disliked about Shang-Chi. What could they have done differently? What did you think that they, what should they do more of? Hit us up, let us know. And um, I, I'll I keep it clean, guys, because you got to understand <laughs> that. No, I'm looking out for, for JR because not that our fans would do this. This yeah. is a film that is very specific. Yeah. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a movie based on Asian culture. We have, remember, guys, you have an, you have a, an Asian man who is a co-host of this podcast and is, is really and truly the, the founder, the, the backbone of this podcast. If it were not for JR, uh, I would have never taken my brand new computer and said, let's do a podcast. Um, so be kind, guys. Not that you guys would do anything disrespectful, but you never know. The smallest thing might yeah. be taken inappropriately. So again, I will say I will say this. If you do have a problem with me, come and fight me. Yeah. And I, JR is the least offended person you'll ever meet mm-hmm. as he can, as you can show by his guns. Like it's like I said, it's every day's arm day. Um, nope. But um, just uh, as, as someone who has been wised up by JR um, just, just be chill about certain things and, and, and just be and check swing on some of your comments. Like, you know, like I said, if, if you're, if you're going to say something, go, like, Ooh, maybe that doesn't, maybe that might come out the wrong way. Yeah. Just, just like I said, it, it is, like I said, it's, it's a different movie. This was a different movie. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it. I want to see it again. So bad. Really. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got the itch to go see it again. Um, and uh, yeah. So guys go out there and check it out. And while you're at it, go get yourself some freaking Jackie Chan movies. Oh my gosh. I need to go. I'm going to go hit up um itunes i'm gonna see if they've got some old classic jackie chan i want i do want to do some research i think jr you and i said there's a lot that are on hbo max yep um netflix a lot of well. what's that netflix as well they got ne- a couple of netflix netflix i think there's some on paramount plus as well yeah. they're all over the place but i think netflix and and hbo max were the biggies that really had a lot of old um hong kong cinema yeah. um Crouching Tiger, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I believe, is on, on HBO Netflix. Max. It's on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. Okay, I apologize. Yeah. Um, real quick, Jr., you got yeah. five movies. Okay, you are the expert. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you're before you watch, if you've not seen Shang Chi, or even if you have, you got five movies. Okay, that are must watch as a companion. As a remember, they're not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. These are. Hong Kong cinema. These are fighting movies, Chinese cinema, five movies that fans who enjoy Shang-Chi or are going to enjoy Shang-Chi should also watch. Okay. You got five movies. I'll, I'll do the little countdown for you. Sure. Which, which you got, bro? I got, okay. Crouching Tiger and Dragons, one. Um, gorgeous. Jackie I knew he was going to say that. I know you, those two are just like almost a lock, right? Yeah, easily. Um, I would also say It Man, the first movie. I'll probably also go just in style with, with Shang-Chi. I'll probably go with... Uh, yeah, let's bring in Rush Hour. Rush Hour 1, sure. 
So we're gonna go it we're gonna go rush hour one. Yeah, it man. Yeah, crouching tiger. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, gorgeous. And what was the fifth one? Um, I gotta bring in a Jet Li movie. I gotta bring in a Jet Li movie. Let's say Romeo um, Must Die. Oh, that's a good movie too, though. Fist of Fury. Fist of Fury. Fist of Fury. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. Fist I'll of put them in the comment below too, guys. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put it in my notes right now. Um, JR's recommendation, and he, he has not steered me wrong yet. So we got Fist. That's uh, actually might be Bruce Lee movie. I'm talking, I'm thinking about the other Fist of Fury. I, uh because there's a Jet Li movie that did have to do. Fist of Legend. I Fist of Legend, would you say? Fist of Legend. Now, Fist of Theory is, is an original Bruce Lee movie, which is great as well, too. And I recommend that as well. But for in regard to in regards to how a lot of the fight scenes are kind of developed in, in a certain way, I would say Fist of Legend. Fist of Legend is a great freaking movie just for the combative style. Bruce, don't get me wrong, Bruce Lee. If you want, if you need to watch Bruce Lee movies, go fucking see, go see freaking Enter the Enter the Dragon, go see um, Fist of Theory, go see um, the Chinese Connection. I think it's called for another for for another Bruce Lee film. But yeah, if you want to go see Bruce Lee movies, go see Bruce Lee movies. <laughs> Absolutely. But so, for those five right now, comparisons yeah. to Shang Chi, it would be it would be Fist of Legend. So if you want to do a little Shang Chi block party and you just can't get enough of it. But you don't want to go full Marvel deep dive, and you want to go fighting Chinese cinema. Really enjoy some good flicks, and I can, I can, I can attest. I mean, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Academy Award winning film, Rush Hour, massive blockbuster film, cultural phenomenon film, Fist of Legend. Haven't seen it. I'll put it on the list. It Man. I've heard nothing, 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 nothing but good things about that movie. Yeah. Um, and obviously, my man over here has been spitting about gorgeous. For so for so long, um, I think those are five solid films. I'll put them in the comments below if you don't, if you didn't get to, uh, if you can't remember, if you don't want to rewind and whatnot. But I'll yeah. put them in the com, I'll put them in the description rather uh, yeah. for you guys to do through, to to kind of peruse through. All right, guys, thank you so much again at Voice of Reason twenty three Jr. Also not yeah. Jr. Comics forty two. Um, yep. Some uh, some bent Marvel comics coming soon. Um, yep. <laughs> oh fresh out of uh random <sighs> house oh um, so uh and by the way you support your local comic book store uh whether Please. it be asylum desert oasis or interstellar um, and by the way guys real quick as someone who has now had not one not two not three not four not five but seven items go back order on amazon between funkos and movie props and in Marvel Legends uh, items, get your Christmas shopping done now. <laughs> and I highly recommend going to Comic Asylum and, yeah. and, and just get whatever they have in stock because things are getting a little scary out there when it comes to shipping. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, sneak peek about this weekend. We have the season finale, bonus episode of What If, and JR, I think we're going to have to do this. It is that oh. time of season again. You know what's happening this weekend as we're talking? Uh, New York Comic Con. Right. 2021. Right. So we will bring back the Wrath of the Con right. 2021 edition. And we are just around the corner from Fandom and Prime, or not Prime Day, uh, Disney Plus Day, November 12th. So um, we got a lot of stuff to come up. Thank you so right. much. Be kind to one another. Wear your damn mask. 
JR, as always, my my good boy. Peace. Peace. <laughs> All right, man.